The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care, 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News and World Report. More information is available at clevelandclinic.org slash rankings. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 29th. In today's news, the president is having private discussions about firing Jeff Sessions. Canada is worried about being left out of Trump's trade deal. And the White House is gearing up for a war with Google. But first, the big idea. A Republican propelled by President Trump and an African-American Democrat powered by a wave of liberal energy won the nominations for governor of Florida on Tuesday, setting up a colossal fall showdown between two potent political forces in the country's biggest swing state. Trump's preferred candidate, Congressman Ron DeSantis, decisively won the GOP primary. Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum a liberal backed by Bernie Sanders claimed the Democratic nod in a huge upset. Both men are 39, representing a generational shift. Each defeated more moderate opponents. Gillum never led in a single poll. Here he is at his victory party. Um, I gotta tell you all, I am overwhelmed. You know, there, there, were, there were just a few people just a few people who said that this moment would not be possible. And then there were, and then there were, and then there were a few more who believed that this thing was possible. DeSantis has been one of Trump's most resolute defenders on Fox News. He's on basically every night. He crushed state agriculture commissioner Adam Putnam, a former congressman who's eyed the governor's office for years, paid his dues, and locked down the early endorsements of most every establishment Republican in the state. But the president got behind DeSantis because he was so pleased with his defenses on cable. DeSantis happily hitched his horse to Trump. The president came down to campaign for him earlier this summer. One of DeSantis' ads showed him building a wall of the border sort out of blocks with one of his children. Another showed him reading the art of the deal to another child. DeSantis signaled in his victory speech that he will continue to align himself tightly in the general election with Trump. So I'm not always the most popular guy in D.C., but I did have uh, support from, uh, from someone in Washington. If you walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, he lives in the White House with the pillars in front of it. I was able to talk to the president. I want to thank him for his support. I want to thank him for entrusting me with viewing me as somebody who could be a great leader for Florida. So so thank you, Mr. President. Gillum went pretty far to the left to win the primary. He embraced a Medicare for all health care system, said the government should abolish ICE in its current form, and marched for gun control. The frontrunner who he defeated was the heiress to a political dynasty, Gwen Graham claimed the mantle of her moderate father, Bob Graham, the former governor, senator, and presidential candidate who held elected office in Florida for 40 years. But the Grahams were no match for a coalition of liberals, young people, and African Americans that Gillum built up. Voters also went to the polls Tuesday in Arizona, 
where the death of John McCain has sent many people into a state of mourning. Trump's influence there was felt in the closely watched Republican primary for Senate, where Jeff Flake is retiring. While Trump did not pick a favorite, the three leading candidates aligned themselves closely with the president. Congresswoman Martha McSally, the winner, hardened her immigration stance as the race unfolded. This could haunt her in the fall. It could also bring out the president to help. Ideological divisions roiled the Democratic primary for governor in Arizona as well. Former state education official David Garcia, a Latino, emerged victorious after campaigning on a platform of universal health care and replacing ICE. He'll face Republican incumbent Doug Ducey in a contest that could be pretty close. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, Trump has revived the idea of firing Jeff Sessions. At least twice this month, Trump vented to White House advisors and his lawyers about the, quote, endless investigation of him and his campaign. The president believes he needs to fire the attorney general for saddling his presidency with the controversy. But the president's attorneys think they've persuaded him, at least for now, not to make such a move while Bob Mueller's investigation continues. Attorneys, including Rudy Giuliani, have advised the president that Mueller could interpret such an action as an effort to obstruct justice. One senior White House official tells us that the goal in talking to Trump has been to delay a firing because they don't think that stopping him from doing this is possible. And there's growing evidence that Senate Republicans, who have long cautioned Trump against firing their former colleague, Sessions, are now resigned to the prospect that he may do so after the midterm elections. Over at the Justice Department, Sessions' friends and advisors have spent the past few days trying to buck him up. They're telling him that if Trump was going to fire him, he would have done it already. Number two, Trump's effort to secure a new trade deal that could replace NAFTA entered a critical stage as Canada's foreign minister arrived in D.C. to review the outline of a bilateral agreement being flushed out with Mexico. Trump has said he's prepared to formalize this new deal even if Canada refuses to sign on. But there were mixed signals Tuesday about whether the Mexican government would go along with such an arrangement. And Republican senators who need to vote for whatever Trump agrees to insisted that the president secure Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's cooperation in any deal. For his part, Trudeau says that he's looking forward to ultimately getting to yes. We will engage uh, in a positive and constructive way, as we always have been, uh, and look forward to uh, ultimately signing a deal as long as it is good for Canada uh, and good for middle-class Canadians. Some Canadians fear the agreement between the Trump administration and Mexico could exclude their country. If Trump does not strike a deal with them, he could go ahead with his threat to impose tariffs on Canadian automobiles and other manufacturing components. On the Mexican side, Trump once again clashed with Mexico City after he renewed his promise yesterday that they will ultimately pay for his border wall. Number three, Trump's top economic advisor Larry Kudlow says the White House is investigating whether Google's search engine should face more regulation by the federal government. This puts the company at the center of a broader debate over whether conservative voices are being suppressed online. Kudlow's comments came hours after Trump took aim at the search giant on Twitter, complaining that its results prioritize stories from mainstream media outlets. Here's Trump speaking to reporters at the White House on Tuesday afternoon. We have literally thousands and thousands of complaints coming in, and you just can't do that. So I think that Google and Twitter and Facebook, they're really treading on very, very troubled territory, and they have to be careful. It's not fair to large portions of the population. 
Trump's initial tweets against Google came after Fox business host Lou Dobbs, a friend of the president's, aired an interview the night before with the pro-Trump commentators popularly known as Diamond and Silk. They've long claimed their online videos are being suppressed by YouTube. They called on the government to pursue the matter. Google released a statement saying their searches are not politically biased. And experts note that search results are affected by hundreds of factors, including the region you live in and also your personal search history. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 29th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.